Today's episode of Where Are They is going to be a little bit different. I want to talk about some updates in a few of the cases that I have covered so far. Stay tuned for some of the latest news in the cases of Asia Degree, Tika Lewis, and Nathaniel Holmes. So I do apologize if my voice doesn't sound 100% yet, but we're going to power through this episode together. I try to closely follow all the cases I've covered thus far for any new updates or information that may come out. Of course, we've covered 25 cases so far with more on the horizon, so that is a lot to monitor. I know many of you are passionate about certain cases also that have been covered. Please feel free to email me and let me know if you hear anything new on any of these cases, just in case I missed it. My email is canwefindthem at gmail.com, or you can always reach out on Instagram or Facebook. Before we dive in, I also want to give a shout out to Rooms for Vacation for sponsoring the Where Are They podcast this week. Rooms, the number four, Vacation, is an online hotel Airbnb booking engine site. Sponsors like Rooms for Vacation help us keep the show going every week and hopefully in the future will allow us to donate more to our charity partners also. Rooms for Vacation is an online search engine that allows you to search hotels, resorts, Airbnbs, and rentals all in one place. There are flash sales offered daily, and overall, some awesome deals can be found there. I will include a link in the show notes, and I'll be sharing their page on our social media sites as well. Please go like the Rooms for Vacation Facebook page, and show your support. All right, now let's talk about some of these cases. The second case we covered on this podcast as a whole was the case of Asia Degree. This case got a lot of you talking about the mysteriousness of it, and I honestly couldn't agree more. It is baffling. Shortly after we put her episode on YouTube, I started getting several messages about Asia and a bunch of people telling me about developments in her case. And many of these developments were proven false, however, which is why I haven't discussed them sooner. Asia Degree disappeared from Shelby, North Carolina on February 14th, 2000. Her case sparked a lot of mystery because this seemingly happy little nine-year-old girl left her room in the middle of the night and just started walking. No one has any idea why. A couple people did come forward to say they saw her walking at around four o'clock in the morning, but when they actually approached her or tried to, she darted off into some nearby woods. 
The police and the community came together and many very thorough searches were conducted. And while a few of her personal belongings were found, Aisha was not. A year and a half later, after her disappearance, her backpack would be found buried about 20 miles from Shelby. If you haven't heard the podcast we did on her case, I totally recommend you go back and listen to her story. We also have her video up on our YouTube channel where you can see some photos of Asia, her family, and the area where she disappeared from. It's just so baffling and many little possible clues have surfaced, but to this day, no Asia. So what has been said recently? First, I'm not sure why, but I received a few messages once her YouTube video went up that her case was resolved and that they had found her. But I want to reiterate to anyone who may have seen those comments or heard these rumors that that is absolutely not true. Asia Degree still has not been found. The second story that made the media that has been brought up to me a few times is in the summer after her disappearance, a 32-year-old man, Baron Ramsey, who was a former classmate of Aquila's. Aquila is Asia's mother. And this man, Baron, confessed to being involved in Asia's disappearance. He claimed that he and another man had just made a drug deal and they were driving home when they accidentally struck her with their car. Realizing that she was dead, they pulled her body into the bed of their pickup truck. Then they took a fishing trip to Moss Lake a few days later and dumped her body in the water. Authorities dragged the lake twice and searched Highway 18 for any evidence of a hit and run, but they found nothing. They believe he made up the story in hopes of getting a better deal in a bank robbery case in Bessemer City. So this will come up again, but it's important to note that inmates often make up stories or people being convicted of crimes often have false confessions to other crimes and maybe sometimes they have a motive for it. Maybe sometimes they don't. But in this case, I'm not sure why you would make up a story about killing a child to help you in a bank robbery case. It makes no sense to me. But as I said, people will do some strange things sometimes, motive or not. And ultimately they found no evidence that his story was credible. So next, I also had a few comments and messages from people stating that a serial killer had been arrested in 2014 and confessed to killing Asia. So the best I can figure to this rumor, which I want to reiterate, is just that, a rumor, is that there have been some discussions about Asia's disappearance and especially the burying of her backpack, having the earmarks of a serial killer. However, there is no proof that this claim is true. In November of 2020, so just a few months ago, an inmate named Marcus Mellon, 
who was convicted of sex crimes against children, wrote a letter to the Shelby Star newspaper claiming that Degree was murdered and he knows where to find her. These claims are under investigation, according to the FBI, and a lot of people believe that this was the break in the case, and this is the number one thing people were messaging me about or commenting about, letting me know that her case had been solved, when in fact it has not. So Marcus Mellon made this claim in November, and for a few months... The FBI was unable to interview him personally as the prison where he was being kept was under a severe COVID outbreak and they were just unable to get in and talk to him and kind of investigate this further or question him further. However, just a couple months ago, February of this year, Police have come out and stated that they have spoken with Mellon, they have been in contact with him, and he has simply been unable to lead them to Asia or provide them with any information that his story is also credible, at least so far. Now, the FBI has reopened this case and has been releasing new clues as of the last couple of years. Former agents have come forward and spoken out that this indicates a sign that they have new evidence with the possibility of solving this case, at least in their opinion. We still don't have a resolution to this case, but because the case of Asia Degree is the one I get the most feedback on, I wanted to clear up these rumors and assure you that I am following this case closely and Asian Degree's case is still unresolved. The next case I want to talk about is the case of Tika Lewis, Little Tika. This little girl's picture will just melt your heart, I promise. And this is one of those cases that has haunted me since I covered it. Tika's story was covered in episode number seven. If you missed it or need a refresher, please go check it out. She disappeared in 1999 from a crowded bowling alley in Tacoma, Washington at just two years old. There were minimal leads in her case, although there were a few. Someone reported seeing a car speeding off in the parking lot that night. Coincidentally or not, a young boy had been molested in the bathroom at the same bowling alley just weeks prior. And earlier on the day Tika went missing, a man with curly brown hair attempted to take two children from a park less than one mile from the bowling alley. That children's father chased him away, and he fled in a blue 1995 Pontiac Grand Am. Another 17-year-old boy reported seeing someone suspicious, possibly with Tika, in the bowling alley, and reported it to police. He actually had a little bit of an encounter with this man, and it was a memorable encounter that he brought it to police. However, somehow his report went unnoticed and this boy never heard anything more 
from his statement or knew of any follow-up that police had done. It was also not released to the public as nobody was aware of what this boy possibly saw. It wasn't until a cold case unit took the case over a year ago that this lead was followed up on and this description was released to the public. So as I mentioned, I have been following this case closely and it really seemed like nothing was happening or even really being discussed about her case. But recently, very recently, an update was given by the family and a GoFundMe was started to hire a private investigator. If anyone is interested in contributing to the fundraiser, please reach out to me or I'll go ahead and put the link in the show notes for you guys. We also shared the link on our Facebook page and we will be making a donation from our podcast as well. Here is the message from Tika's family on the GoFundMe page. My family has decided to hire a private investigator to look into the disappearance of my sister, Tika Lewis. This private investigator is Rose. As many of you know, Tika was taken from a bowling alley on January 23, 1999 in Tacoma, Washington at the age of two. We do have detectives on the case, but feel like an investigator will help a lot. Recently, it has come to our attention that a message was written in a bathroom stall in Austin, Texas, saying, Please help, I was kidnapped, Tika Lewis. Please help us raise the money for a private investigator. Anything helps, even just a share. Thank you, it's time to bring Tika home and get some answers. So this is an interesting update, and the thing that I keep thinking about is Tika was kidnapped at age two, and I wonder how much she would know about that at present day if she was still alive. For instance, why wouldn't the kidnappers change her name? How does she even know her real name? Or even that she was kidnapped because she was so young when it happened. But in any event, it's getting people talking about this case again. I've reached out to the family and will continue to support them in all of their search efforts for Tika. Tika's video is the next one we will be releasing on YouTube. If you aren't subscribed to us over there, please do so. The exposure for these cases is invaluable. And it's helpful to have the photographs and video to go along with the missing persons. But there are still no definite answers in Tika's case. But we are watching closely for any news and updates, and you just never know when the next break in the case will happen. The last case I want to talk about a little bit is the Nathaniel Holmes case. Nathaniel's case was covered on our podcast episode number six. Nathaniel Holmes was a 17-year-old high school student when he disappeared from Westminster, Colorado. He walked out of school, possibly upset about something, and was never seen or heard from again. His family searches for him every day, still, and they're very active on social media, keeping his name out there and staying in constant contact with people that are interested in his case and spreading the word. And in the case of Nathaniel Holmes, 
it seems that he might possibly be alive out there. The big update we have on this case is also the most current, coming in less than two weeks ago as of this podcast. On a social media site, someone recently reported a possible sighting. A driver allegedly passing through New Mexico saw a young man hitchhiking at a truck stop in Gallup. He had a black backpack and he apparently approached this person at the truck stop, asking them how long it would take to reach California. He seemed a little bit distressed and this person believed that this young man was maybe on drugs or mentally unstable in some way. And the driver told him that he should just hunker down until he felt better before trying to go any further. And this young man became very upset, saying he had to get away from Colorado. The driver figured he was a fugitive and asked him what he was wanted for. The young man said that he was not wanted, but people were looking for him in Colorado and he had to get away from that state. The driver asked what his name was almost certain that this man was a fugitive, and he was told Nate Holmes. When the driver had access to a computer later, he googled the name Nate Holmes to see if he was indeed wanted anywhere and to see if he could find the crimes that he likely committed or what he was even wanted for. Again, this driver that had this encounter with this young man was certain that this kid was on the run from something and the driver assumed it was probably the law. But to their astonishment, they found the case of missing teen Nathaniel Holmes when they did some Google searches. The driver pulled up his missing persons poster and looked at some different photographs that have been published of Nathaniel and he said he just couldn't say for certain that it was him. This young man had longer hair and facial hair possibly did resemble Nathan, but looked a little bit different. He was about five foot 10, 160 pounds, and it was just really hard for him to say. This driver also declined any reward money if it did lead to Nathaniel, saying they just wanted to pass along any info and help in any way that they can. So was it Nathaniel or not? This just occurred on March 27th, less than two weeks from the airing of this update. We will definitely be watching this one very closely. But just in case this sighting has merit, an update on how he looked and how he was acting and what part of the country he was spotted in can be extremely helpful for the public to know. Investigators are following up on this lead. We don't have any concrete answers yet or evidence even to verify this sighting or possible sighting of Nathaniel Holmes. This does also bring up the possibility of drug use and or mental illness as a possible factor leading to Nathaniel's disappearance. And if you recall in his podcast episode, we did uncover that he was dabbling a little bit with some drug use right before he disappeared. And by a little bit, I mean a little bit. He had just been caught with a Xanax the day before his disappearance. So that was all that his parents or family really knew about any involvement with drugs that he may have had. And 
he didn't have a very good reaction when he took the Xanax. So he was honest with his parents right off the bat about that. So it didn't seem to everybody that he had a secret drug problem or history. But again, you never know what's happening behind the scenes or in someone's life when you're not around. Also, he disappeared four years ago. A lot could have happened in four years, especially if he's been living on the streets and intermingling with the transient lifestyle. And I thought this is also a good time to mention it's a good reminder to always stay vigilant and aware of your surroundings. You never know when you might be in a place to help someone. For instance, this driver that had this encounter with this young man claiming to be Nate Holmes had a brief discussion, ended up Googling him out of curiosity, and then went out of their way to contact the family and let them know about this encounter and possibly pass on some very helpful information. If this is one of the cases that tugs at your heartstrings, Nathaniel's father, Ben, has a GoFundMe set up so that they can conduct drone searches throughout the areas of interest. Drone searches have been very popular in searching for missing people in national parks and in remote areas. And of course, Colorado and the surrounding states have a lot of that around. So while we don't have any answers yet on the whereabouts of Asia, Tika, or Nathaniel, I still wanted to address some of these things that have been happening in those cases with you. Again, check out their episodes if you haven't heard them yet, or if you need a refresher on the facts of their cases. Some of them we did cover a few months ago. So let's keep their names out there. Keep talking about this. Keep talking about them. It just takes one break in the case to get some answers and bring the family's closure Please be sure you're subscribed to our podcast for new episodes also, and check out our YouTube channel if you haven't yet, and subscribe over there as well. I know we mentioned it earlier, but that tremendously helps the Google ranking exposure for their names. So when someone searches for a particular name, their case pops up, or even a missing person in that region or that area. We want to keep them searchable and not forgotten. If you have any tips or case suggestions, you can always send them to me at canwefindthem at gmail.com. And a big thank you again to Rooms for Vacation for sponsoring this episode. Remember to like their Facebook page and be sure to check out Rooms for Vacation for your next travel adventure, whether you want a hotel, a resort, or even an Airbnb. In fact, I just went ahead and used them for a quick trip that we're taking next week and found a great deal as we travel to the Smoky Mountains. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Where Are They? And of course, thank you for being patient with my voice. And as I've been feeling under the weather these couple of weeks, we'll be back soon with another missing persons case and another episode of Where Are They? And until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones.